Welcome to the Amir Estimo podcast. If you are a business owner, this podcast is for you. Each week, Amir will interview business owners who will share their story, ideas, and tips on how to overcome the anxiety, fears, and stress of being an entrepreneur. Hopefully, this podcast will help you get over your fears and inspire you to accomplish your goals and dreams so you can live a life of purpose and fulfillment. You are listening to the Amir Estimo podcast. Mr. Alex Productions. All right, bro. All right. What's going on? Hi, Leon, man. Thank you very much, man, for coming on the show today. Really do appreciate it. So um, this is a good friend of mine. We basically grew up together in a little town called Fort Myers, Florida. And now we're both in uh, Texas. He's in Houston. I'm in Dallas. Go Cowboys. Hey, Hobbs. Let's go, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know I'm in Houston, but I'm still a boys fan. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so he's um, and he's a um, an entrepreneur. I've always known Leon as an entrepreneur. Actually, you know, he started. I remember back in the days. We'll probably touch back in that. Um, what drove him to to get to where he is now? Um, he's a founder of Innova Consulting, right? That is correct. Yes, and where they specialize in IT management for small to medium business owners, so they can focus on their business. Precisely. And, uh, he currently has a actually a health product, right? That's um, online. So we Correct. can probably dive in that too. So um, everybody, welcome to the show. Leon, Lordy. Thank you, thank you for having me, guys. How you guys doing? Doing great. Thank you, Amir, for having me. It's been a pleasure, brother. Looking yeah. good over there. Texas treating you well. <laughs> yeah, I can't lie. It's, it's quarantine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a quarantine look looking yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Was, um good to have you, bro. So um anyway, so uh you like I said, well, I've known you always known you as an entrepreneur. So we actually were about to have a conversation about um as far as you know, you made a comment, you it doesn't matter how much money you make as an employee, and it, you will never be rich working for someone else. Mm. So no, can you just, yeah. So and I know always knowing as a guy with the you know the mindset, different thinking, you know, it's not always, it's always you know, you're always asking questions, which is good, right? right. So yeah, brother, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um I uh, I always like to do my own thing. That was always doing my thing, even when I had a job. Um, my objective was always to uh, find a way to make my tasks more efficient and I'm always more overall bigger picture focus. So I've never really focused on whether the job was difficult or easy. I always want to see, okay, what value am I going to bring to the business? And um, what I find over the years of working for people is you always have a boss and most unfortunately, sometimes your boss don't think that way. Your boss just want to make his money and go home and sleep and hang out. 
Yep. And I'm more the person where uh, even I take work home a lot uh, when I had a job. Um, I would work from, I would go to work. I'd be at the office from 6.30, 6, 6.30 in the morning before everybody gets there so I can start my day with no interruption. And then I'd work till about 4 or 5 o'clock. And then I'd go home, go to the gym. After the gym, I'd come home, eat, and then go back and work till about 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning sometimes. Yeah. So, and... I, and I remember, I remember a time I was working for this, uh, for this company and we were working on a really big project and, and I was kind of the, I was the lead in the project and I had the one of those days where I went, I, I went to work at like six in the morning and I work all day. And then I was working with a team of developers in India and then, well, they were a different schedule. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I went, to, I went to work, and then I came home. I went to the gym. I, I just my my typical my usual routine. And around nine o'clock, I forgot. I think I was watching Seinfeld. I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Seinfeld was on, so I stopped working to watch Seinfeld. And and my phone was blowing up with alerts. And then, well, the developers over there crashed a server, and a production server. And I guess they overwrite the codes on the server and, and they called me. So I had to be on the phone with them and I was on the phone with them till like four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. Oh, so okay. mind you, mind you, I'm supposed to go to work at uh, my schedule is from eight to five, but I would go to work two hours earlier. Just, just, just so I can get more work done in where there's no interruption. Well, well, I didn't get it to, I didn't get to work till 10 o'clock that day. Right. And my boss was upset, like you, you, you late for, <laughs> for work. Okay. And I remember, I remember how angry it made me. How, oh, let me, let me use modern during terms. How triggered I was. I was extremely triggered okay. by him uh, being upset me of me being late to a while. Well, late, I suppose late. I'm like, hey man, I've been working since 9 p.m. yesterday. Uh, so yeah, I've had, I've logged close to 19 hours of work yeah. in 24 hours and you giving me shit about coming home, uh, coming to work two hours late. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was the last straw for me. That's when I realized, yeah, it doesn't matter how much work you do. If your manager is not skilled enough, if your manager doesn't recognize your, your value, um, you typically have to go over their heads and which typically create a lot of politics. So, and then you never really get the, the satisfaction you want. And I'm not saying having a job is, is something wrong with it. If that's what you want, if, if having a job is okay with you, if just going to work and saving for 401k and, and have somebody tell you when to get paid, when to take a vacation, if that's the, the life you want. It's fine. I mean, it's, a lot of people do that and are content with it. And a lot, but I know a lot of people who's not very happy with it. So I think this message is for the people who's not happy with it. I'll say jump, 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 <laughs> jump into entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah. So when you made that switch from, from becoming an employee to entrepreneurship, like how long did it take you to kind of, you know, get into that, that group where you just, yeah, more. it took me some time. The reason it took me some time is, um, at first I fought it. I didn't understand it. I fought it for a while. I fought it. Uh, yeah. Remember the first time when after college, I was working for a very large bank and I was in charge of an acquisition. I was in charge of a, a system integration for an acquisition. They were doing with another large bank. Okay. And, and, uh, 
And after that project, I remember working on that project uh, as an employee, of course, and I had a trip planned and then I could, and then I had booked it, everything. It was a guy's trip and then I had to cancel the trip because I, they needed me to, 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 to go train. It was not an emergency. It was just a, my boss felt like we needed to do it right now. So I had to yeah. cancel my trip. So that first time I quit, but I didn't, I quit my job after a while after that, because I was not happy, but I didn't understand it fairly. So I went home and I got into real estate. I got, and I got, I just got another job. <laughs> and, <laughs> and after that, when you realize, when I realized I wasn't getting enough money in that job, I was just chasing the money. That's what I was doing. I realized ah, I wasn't making enough money doing this. And I was, I was tired of where I didn't like where I was. I moved and I didn't like where I was. I moved back to Texas. I, I moved out of Texas and I moved back to Texas and I went and got another job. Mm-hmm. And I was happy, you know, you, you, when you were a young man, I was in my early twenties and making a lot of money and, and, and I'm, I'm learning a lot, which is very important when you're in a company, you have to be learning. If you're not learning, you shouldn't be there. Um, Cause, uh, so I, I took advantage of those learning experiences. One of my mentors telling me, Hey man, you're getting paid to learn. So learn a job mm-hmm. is your, think of a job as your university. Okay. And as your lab, I look at it as a lab. And, and if you're in technology, you'll understand this because building labs in technology is how you learn the best, the fastest. And the labs are very expensive. So if you work for a company, you know, you can build a $100,000 lab. Well, you don't have a $100,000 at home to build a lab. So yeah. it's a different, it's a different, uh, it's a different learning curve when you can, when you have access to the, to the information that you need to really learn and study what you're trying to do. So um, I, um, I moved back to Texas and I started working again for a company and it just, it just built my career, just learning and changing jobs. But I always in my mind, I always knew one of these days, I don't want to work for anybody. I want to do my own thing. So when I quit my job after my boss was upset with me for, uh, for, for being late, um, I didn't go directly into entrepreneurship. Um, I just wanted to be self-employed. I went into self-employed. I didn't understand the difference at the time. Uh, I just became a consultant. I was like, I'll just be a consultant. I work on projects when I want. Yeah. And, um, and I can handpick my projects and then they're temporarily. So they can't complain about me. I can work as fast as I want and get everything done. So if I work 16 hours, I get paid for the whole 16 hours. Versus when I had a job working for a company, I mean, I'm being paid salary. Now I have billable hours. I can get paid. So I started just doing billable hour work. And I worked for a lot of large firms, like did a lot of large projects. And you realized, you realized the value you were adding to these businesses, how much projects, how long projects were taking when they didn't have to take that long. But, you know, when you work for a consulting firm, they all focus on billable hours. So they want to build a client as much as they want and as much as they can. And uh, I remember working for this client. They were, they were a smaller company and the project cost them so much more than it, it should have. I almost bankrupt them hmm. to pay us. Okay. And, then, and then that's when I decided to start my own company. And, then, and I noticed the market that was suffering the most was the small business Uh segment because they don't have a large IT department. They usually have like one or two IT person on staff. Um, Those IT guys usually handling multiple roles and responsibilities. They overworked. So they need staff augmentation. So they need somebody to come in and kind of help them simplify things. They have a, usually the the IT personnel is doing so much 
time supporting their client. They don't have time to learn new technology. Yep. They, don't have, they don't have time to mitigate risk. They don't have time to even work on projects. So it's kind of like uh, burning the candle on both ends. They're too busy to work because they, they're too busy on support calls. They aren't, they're having support calls because the infrastructure is not sound. The infrastructure is not sound because they don't have time to work on the infrastructure. Oh, so so they yeah. burden candle both ends. It's like, it's like the gift and the curse. I don't know what's the term to use there, but um, they're stuck in a, uh, in a situation. It's a lose-lose situation for them. Usually they overwork. You, met, you meet uh, administrators, network administrators, system administrators, desktop guys. They usually overwork and underappreciated in the most part because people don't realize how much work they have to do and how much after hour work they have to do. Uh, so when I realized that was a need in the market and then, so we decided, uh, my partner at the time, we decided to launch a company, uh, and we launched an over consultant and we serviced those small businesses and we created all types of services from help them leverage their technology, help them align their stru- uh, business strategy with their IT. You know, a lot of them don't even have a budget, work on their budget with them, work on business continuity work on disaster recovery, work on security, risk mitigation, user management, you know, automation, which is very important for a small business. The less, uh, the less uh, human interaction that requires in a small business, the more profitable, of course. And yeah. so, yeah, so um, that's kind of what we focus on. I mean, that's pretty cool. And where you find, I think it was uh, Jim Rohn, says that you don't get you get paid based off uh, how much value you bring to the marketplace so was, it was good to see you know you, through your experience and then you mentioned something with at uh, at a job you get paid to learn you know um even going to college doing all this work but you don't actually get your true experience when you're actually learning at a job so that was interesting that you said there and you know like you didn't you didn't actually you didn't you know you didn't double down on it or you didn't talk bad about as far as you know someone having a job correct and i think that's where a lot you know you like entrepreneurs where they when they switching from employee to an mm-hmm. entrepreneur they usually you know we were all at one point it's you know we all have, we all have different paths to get to where we mm-hmm. get to right mm-hmm. so but that was interesting how you they said that just that you were pretty open about it and then you're going through all these projects and then you see the value and then Boom, throughout you started your own company. That's pretty Yeah, it's uh, what I've realized is entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs suffer from a lot of PT, job PTSD. You know, like a lot of traumatic stress from their job. So, so uh, my approach to job was always, yeah, I'm going to learn here. So, unfortunately, I was one, I was the best, worst employee, I would say. Uh, as far as depends on how you look at it. If you're looking for an employee who's going to be there forever, I'm not that guy. Okay. Uh, I'm not that guy. But uh, if you're looking for somebody to come in and bring immediate value to a business, yes, I'm that guy. If you're looking for somebody who's going to be reliable, who's going to work every day, focused, I'm that guy. So that's why I re- that's when I realized I should have got, I-, I needed to go into consulting because when my mentor was talking to me, he's like, Leon, you just need to go into consulting, man. Then you can do as many projects as you want. Um, and then you can, you need to change the scenery a lot. And I, and that's kind of what I did. I just went into projects and, and they consulting and then I just hop around 
and I was able to be exposed to a lot of environment and different things. And you realize that's how I was able to identify that need in the small business sector was, huh, look at all these businesses, look at all these owners working every day on their businesses and they're overwhelmed with the technology. And as the business grow, the more of your technology stack has to be, the more sophisticated your technology stack has become. Um, we have clients where they've overwhelmed just by vendor and just how many vendors they have. And we'll review their, their, their vendor agreements and contracts and save them thousands of dollars a month just on things that they're, they, uh, just on things that they forgot uh, to, to manage and then things that they forgot to cancel or, or contracts they forgot to <laughs> renew so they've been paying month to month and, and for things like that. So you're able to save them a lot of uh, cost. There's a lot of cost saving and just reviewing uh, a business's uh, service agreements with all their vendors. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's, and, and I think that's where, you know, small businesses, a lot of small businesses get left behind. Absolutely. Um, and it's, they, you know, they don't have access to capital as some of these big corporations have. Mm-hmm. And to have, so if you can, you know, find that niche and yeah. with the experience that you have, you find that niche, which is, and you see that, you know, that value you brought to them. Um, and um like as far as now as far as your mindset how did Mm. like how did it take you a while or you know as far as your mindset i mean because i know you know being an entrepreneur you're going to have your ups and downs right um have you ever thought about man i'm going back to a job yeah so uh the mindset is is kind of uh i have an unorthodox way of looking at the mindset um I associate uh, pain to things that I don't like. Uh, So I associate pain to having a job. So I instantly feel anxiety if I would even think about getting a job. I get anxiety. Uh, I remember I give you a perfect example. Remember in my twenties, uh, I was I was I was afraid of commitment. I couldn't imagine. I had all my friends. You remember all our friends was getting married. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. I wouldn't even come near. I wouldn't even ever consider it. And what I realized was, even when my friends were talking about getting married, my palms would start sweating. I would be at my friend's wedding and my palm would sweat. So I had associated marriage to pain. Okay. <laughs> and it brought me great. It brought me great discomfort. So I never so it would it would prevent me from getting married for the longest, right? So it's the same thing with uh, jobs. A job, when I think about getting a job, I feel a level of anxiety. Even when I even when I'm going through up and down, I'm always I always feel like, you know what? Even when I don't have a dime, I was going, you know what? That's still better than getting a job. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it is to me. Yeah. It is to me. Not that I have a problem with a job. Now, the only way I would consider getting a job ever is if, let's say, for example, there's a new technology coming out that I know nothing about, and I find, which well, that would never happen, and somebody willing to give me a job so I can come in and learn it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, I would learn it because now what I do, I would call somebody who has it. I have colleagues who have a, a technology stack that I want to get understanding of it. I'll go to their office and I sit with them and I'll do some work for them for free. Mm-hmm. You know? I guess you can consider that a job or right? internship, but it's inter- I'm not being paid for it. But I like I tell people, if you're going to have a job, make it count. I call jobs life university, right? Entrepreneurship university, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. So the mindset is to be in, the mindset is to always want to learn. 
and 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 understand the importance of not trading time for money as an entrepreneur you it's very important to always uh, uh analyze okay is this worth learning or not that's how you approach things in your business is this learning how much would i save how much money would i make if i learn this versus outsourcing and never outsource your core business obviously Whatever your core business is, you don't. So, like, we, we're not going to outsource designing your infrastructure. We're not going to outsource uh, building your infrastructure. But, uh, but if we don't, know how, we, got, we don't know how to build applications, so we would outsource building applications. Because okay. what is it, what's the value of us building applications? How long will it take for us to learn building applications and so forth? That's how we assess the things. Okay, how, long, how much time will it take? How many of these clients we're going to have? Who wants to build applications? So that's how you approach uh, entrepreneurship. Is and that's the difference a lot of time with self-employment people who self-employed they want to do everything themselves. Then you have a business where um, you're stuck in it, and then it feels like a job because mm. now you're stuck in it. So your approach to the mindset as of an entrepreneur is always learning. Uh, Always appreciate your time, which okay. is the most valuable thing you, you have. Appreciate your time, because if you have time, you can build whatever you want. You can build whatever success you want if you have time. But if you don't have any time, then you have a job, like we talked about, then you're miserable, you're unfulfilled, and then it's just a slippery slope from there. So manage your time, value your time, and uh, always think about how much money something will cost you to learn versus outsource. That's important sure. and um, very important because, I mean, I'll give you an example of websites. I, build, uh, uh, I have clients who need websites all the time. And, and we didn't know how to build websites. And we had nobody in my team wanted to learn how to build websites. They're so like, okay, we don't. So we outsourced the website. Okay. So now we're starting getting so much website requests. I, I spin up a new company just to build websites. And I find, my, I find a partner who's a mar, who was a marketing director for one of the large marketing firms. And then we spin up a company. Now we're building websites for our clients. So, so that's, a, you know, that's how you do it. So, you, so I was able to do that because I'm not working full-time into, I'm not working in my business. I work on my business. Okay. Correct. So it's a big difference working in your business versus working on your business. When you, when you know how to monetize your time properly, you can have, then you'll have plenty of time to work on your business versus in your business. Uh, I had a guy tell me one time, and you probably hear this, right? I'd rather get uh, 1% of 100 yep. than get 100% of zero. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, so me for me, I rather focus on working on the business and bringing business to my team, so they can have money, so they can work and they can make money, and I just get a piece of the pie. Uh, that's how I look at it. Awesome, man. Man, it, it reminds me of um, that's that what's his name? Robert Kiyosaki has the book. Mm -hmm. um, I think he talked about it more in Cash Flow Quadrant, where he was talking about as far working in working um on your business but not in uh -huh. business now right. are you a big how are you a big how big is your team my team uh my team varies based on projects okay um 
sometimes my team could be a group of five people working internally. This is my, my, my internal team, five people. And then, and then if I have depending on the projects, I'll have 20 people, 25 people, 30 people, 50 people, right? Before COVID, before COVID, I had, I had 70 people working on four projects uh, before COVID. So you just, it's all, it's all depends on, um, on uh, the projects that we have, but I keep a lean team. I keep yeah. my team very lean. Um, I, I do, I do hire a lot of consultants. Well, contractors, I call them consultant, but most people call them contractors because, but our contractors have a value add a value adder focus. That's kind of the people we like to work with because it's the type of business we are. We're more interested on what kind of value we can add. If we can't add value, we're not going to take the project. Yeah. If we can't have value, we're not going to take on the, the client. Uh, we'll recommend another person. Because we find it, uh, what I find in my experience is the very thing, this is one thing I've learned the hard way. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, when you first started, you want to get as many clients as you want. And I always tell people, be focused. Be very focused on who you work with. Be very particular. Think about it as courting, as dating. You don't just date any woman or men you see. You, you kind of be choosy. So be choosy. The reason you don't date any man or woman you see, because some of them might be, somebody's going to be a trouble. They're going to give you a lot of headache. They're going to stress you out. The relationship's not going to worth your time. Yeah. So, so what I found out is that 80-20 rule that you always hear about, right? You ever heard the 80-20 rule where 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people? People, yep. Right. Well, and I had a, I had a colleague who said, well, I think it's 90-10. <laughs> you know, 90% of the work is done by 10% of the people. Well, I find that to be applied to a lot of aspects of entrepreneurship. I find that 80% of my revenue is from 20% of my clients. And 80% of my headache is from... Is from uh, uh, the other side exactly yes yeah. so so i found that that's what i found i found that so be more be more choosy so sometimes uh like sometimes i've got i've fired clients because they were such a headache you know and it wasn't worth it it wasn't worth the time you were you weren't adding value when you feel you're not adding value it's time to move on and in a, in, a, in, a, in my business um um, you wanna you wanna always keep because you know bad bad news travel fa fast. Fast, yeah. <laughs> so you don't wanna you don't wanna dissatisfy your customer because once your customers are satisfied, they gotta let the whole world know you're dissatisfied. And and so you if you don't feel like you're bringing value, don't be don't be shy to say you know what I don't think we're working out and and walk away from it. And that gives you more time to focus on your business. Because what, what bad clients tend to do is make you focus in your business a lot more. <laughs> so um, so that's, that's, one of the, that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned so far. And, uh, and um, also another thing I would say is be more, um, be more focused on, on let, let me not say be more focused. Let's find a different word. Be, almost be stubborn in your strategy. If your strategy is sound, Almost be stubborn. You're going to get a lot of pushback on your strategy. So just make sure you do your homework on your strategy. Be confident on what you're presenting. Be confident in your strategy. Uh, be confident in your market. 
And to do that, that means you have to be well-researched and you have to be well-researched. So be well-researched, always wanting to learn as an entrepreneur. And as you, the more research you do, the more creative you'll get and mm. the more creative of solutions you'll find, um, uh, the more opportunities you'll find, um, the more research you are. Yeah. So. Yeah, pretty cool. That's what we talked about. So, so far, what I got is you know, we talked about about time, mm-hmm. value, mm-hmm. and now learn and be well researched. You know, so those are the you know to see you're putting all that together. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you talked about mindset. You know, having having um, anxiety going to a job again. <laughs> That's crazy. And you're not the first person that said that. Yes. What <laughs> yeah. I've learned is pain. Pain is the biggest motivator. There's something that I that I completely disagree with in this world. It's a very common thing people say. They go, well, ignorance is bliss. That's what they say. I don't agree. I think I think uh, knowledge is blissful. Uh, I think I think ignorance is painful because life has a way of punishing you for your ignorance. Mm. And to me, yeah. <laughs> you're getting punished for something. I don't see how it can be blissful. Uh, the blissfulness that I get from knowing something is, is true, is better. It's kind of like uh, if people are, that are religious, think about it. People who are religious, they say, I feel a sense of peace because I know God is with me. I sense a sense of peace because I know God is, is my savior, right? Yeah. Because they know for a fact. And I have a sense of peace because when I die, I go to heaven. Yeah. So they feel a sense of, of uh, peace. Peace, yeah. Calmness. Knowing, knowing what's going to happen. Well, if you have knowledge and information, you're almost like Nostradamus in some cases. You <laughs> predict the future. You become an industry expert. You can predict what's going to happen. So then there's that level of knowing, oh, there's a level of bliss that knowing that I'm prepared for everything. I'm prepared for anything. And you can only be prepared if you learn and practice what you, what you learn. That's the only way you can be prepared. It's like a basketball player, an athlete, right? The guy who's the best, he's always overconfident. Even when he missed a shot, he's like, yeah, I've missed, I missed thousands of shots during practice. So me missing a shot during the game is not going to stop me from taking another shot. Yeah. yeah. And, and entrepreneurship, you got you to gotta embrace failure. <laughs> I forgot who it was I was reading who says he had a rule at his dinner table that the family get together, all they talk about it was, hey, what did you fail at today? What did you fail at today? What did you oh, fail yeah. at? And I forgot who it was. I was reading. I read, that's the thing. You read so much, and I'm really bad yeah. with names. Uh, but I read everything I, I see. I read everything I see. And I was like, huh. So you talk about your failures. Embrace failure as an entrepreneur. Because you're going to fail a lot. <laughs> Believe yeah. it or not, I got used to, you're going to fail a lot. Uh, if you remember my first business in Fort Myers, <laughs> I failed. <laughs> my second business failed. <laughs> you know? So uh, um, business is going to fail. Um, and a lot of time you just kind of, they're, they're ladders. You have to use them as ladders. So fail, embrace failure because you will fail. And the more you fail, the more calluses you develop. I call them life calluses. And and you develop these calluses that make you tougher. It's kind of like lifting weights, you know? 
you lift weights, you lift weights, that's starting a business. Then in, you soar. That's the, that's the sense of failure. You soar. Yeah, yeah. And then the next day you lift weights again, you lift heavier weights because you've built calluses, you got stronger. So, so you're most likely not going to fail. You know, you, you're least likely to fail in your next venture. And you're just going to keep getting better and better and better. But you heard some people start one business and they're successful. But those are rare, very rare. Yeah, that, those are anomaly. I, I yes. wouldn't, I would yeah, not. Those are flashing pans. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> count on that because there's definitely, you know, two sides to it. There's the grit. There's everything that you, you know, everybody don't see what's below surface. You know, everybody see what's above surface. They think it's good and it's great, but it's really not, man. So even exactly. what you're sharing is obviously, for someone who's been in the industry for a while and now you're doing you know, you're right. business and you see both sides of it and you can, can you can attest that it's, it's not what it is so when one of those fly-by nights happen you're like no nah, nah, that's nah. no it's not true. <laughs> so that's, that's not. i mean don't get me wrong have that mindset like yeah. you come in you start your business it's going to succeed all right. And I don't think anybody would start a business that they think is going to fail. Right. So that goes with that saying, but have that mindset. It's going to succeed, but also create benchmarks, create, create, create things, create, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Create, um, create certain, um, testing measures, um, to say, what's the word I'm looking for? Sorry, guys. English is my third language. Uh, <laughs> create, uh, no, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's the benchmarks and quotas. Uh, yeah, create certain... Um, targets. Targets and objectives, checkpoints, things that you can go back to and reevaluate. Journals, right in your journal. Just like your personal life, if anybody's working on the professional self-development. You know how you write on your journal things that you want and then you and then every day you write and then you go back and revisit these things to see okay how well am I doing so make sure you have all these checks and balances in your in your company processes how do I measure success and what's the time windows for that success because if you're not meeting those you need to really uh, reassess your strategy um, reassess your strategy if you're not meeting those goals it's not like don't blame any outside factor do not blame any outside factor. Like, for example, right now we're going through COVID and I'd like to learn, okay, let's not blame any outside factors. Well, the outside factors are there. They're going to be there. COVID, worst case scenario. I think the worst, that's every, most entrepreneurs, worst case scenario happened during COVID, right? What happened if the whole world shut down? Mm. No one can go anywhere. Yeah. Right? And most people got like, well, there's nothing we can do about that. And that's true. You can tell them. Well, you can do about it. But there are things you can do about, about uh, what you do if that happens. There are things you can do. Uh, so you can go, well, what are my clients' needs now there's COVID? All right? Got to learn, a, you got to pivot, right? What does my clients' needs now are now? It, it changes. First, for, for example, in my field in, in infrastructure and IT, first it was staff augmentation. There were projects. There were support, you know, site visits, mm-hmm. you know assessments, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, now that this COVID, no one's going to the office anymore. So you don't need all this office space anymore, right? But people are working from home, so they need to be able to access their network. 
was the network ready for to have everybody accessing it from the outside? Was accessing the network from the inside and accessing the network from the outside is a totally different scenario. Well, is everybody able to access it from the outside? Well, are the clients' uh, laptops secure? Is information being exchanged secure? Now, security takes a security have a higher priority now, right? Yep. Um, uh, bandwidth has a higher priority now. Connection throughput has a higher priority now. So the client has new needs. Uh, so COVID did happen, but you could have just said, oh, COVID happened, the client's on. So now you have other, so, so you can start marketing those things, those products to customers. So, and all of the countries shut down, people are still working. Revenue still being generated. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, don't don't let the media, don't let what you see on television dictate your emotion. Let what you see in television and stuff use that to as information, as information to create new strategy. Because as your as a business owner, one of your best skills would be strategy development, creating strategies. You know, developing a sound strategy that can work. Uh, and then that's flexible. Man, yo, so that was um, pretty cool, man. You know, really, really thanks. Yeah, so like, um, you know, and then the, the way you just said as far as like COVID, you know, and it gave you an like, chance to look at other needs. And mm -hmm. you just named off three, you know. Mm -hmm. That's important because even for me, I work from home. So, mm -hmm. and it's important that we have the bandwidth to do our job, the security, Precisely. you know, to in and. So to see that you just didn't give up, you, know, you just thought, thought of other ways, creative ways. And they say entrepreneurs, the brains are always, your problem solvers, right? <laughs> That's what we are. <laughs> problem solvers. We find a problem, then we solve it. Solve it, yeah. so, And I know we don't have much time left, but I know you're into fitness. You know, talk about that a little bit. And you're, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, ex ex exactly. So I got into the fitness industry because of COVID. Because, you know, clients were figuring out, weren't paying, and then I needed more revenue. You know, as an entrepreneur, you just want more money all the time, right? You want to bring <laughs> revenue, bring revenue, wherever yeah. you can come. So I saw a need for, well, there's going to be a lot more people sitting at home, and people don't want to get that COVID-15, COVID-20, whatever you call it. I've seen people with COVID-60, <laughs> you know? And the fitness, mark, fitness industry is an ever, forever growing industry. Yep. So I decided to provide fitness apparels and equipments to people who sitting at home who can work from home. I mean, who's working from home? Because boy, 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 you're working from home. I know there's a lot of people who's going to have a hard time transitioning back to, <laughs> to an office. Yeah, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we just, we just uh, I just went with the flow, just kind of identify a need. Uh, the, the, the fitness industry needed uh, uh, people needed more fitness apparels. People needed more workout equi uh, equipment. People are working from home a lot. You can work and get work. And I, and it is a trend now where the ladies are wearing their fitness uh, fitness apparels every day. They call yeah. them athleisures. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you see a young lady out and she, she got full blown tights and tights on. Right? You think she's going to the gym? She haven't been to the gym in six years. <laughs> <laughs> But well, she have a closet filled with workout exercises. Like, hey, what's going on here? Why do you have all these leggings and, and, and crop tops? And, 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 and you, have, you have workout in 
<laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a light it's a trend now and it's a fashion it's a style now. So I I, I was able to identify that and I got into the market. Where where people can find this um this um products? Um, those products can be found at uh, chiselfitness.com. Um, we have also have um, five links that we're working on right now. Uh, okay. We'll talk about that offline. Something, okay. you should, something you should definitely get involved in. Okay. Um, I'll, okay. Show you, I'll show you that one when we get offline. We, we won't talk about it on the, on the air. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cool, cool. So chiselfitness.com. So, um, all right, man, brother. So we're out of time here. I want to take up too much of your time. So appreciate you coming in here, dropping some knowledge, man. Thank you for oh, having me. Yeah, quick. Um, I know you're an avid reader. What uh, one book would you recommend? Ooh, for entrepreneurs? Yes. Uh, I know a lot of people recommend the typical. So you guys hear all the typical. So I'm not going to talk about the typical ones. Uh, there's a book that I read called The Blue Ocean Strategy. Mm, oh. I'm terrible with names. <laughs> I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look up the author right chart for you. Uh, that book to me, as an entrepreneur, is like gold. Blue ocean uh, strategy. The blue ocean strategy. Um, who wrote that book? God, I'm terrible with names. Probably can find it on Amazon or something. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, by Chan Kim and Renee. I can't say. I can't say her name. Uh, it's uh by Chan Cam. Okay, Chan great Cam. book, Chan Cam. The oh my god! How, so it's a blue ocean strategy. It's pretty much talking about how to create an uncast, uncontested market. Hmm. So, so if you think of an ocean, the ocean's full of sharks. The sharks are all your competitors. Yep. And sharks like blood. Well, wherever an industry is, I mean that's the blood. So everybody see an industry, they all go in there and devour it, right? You see, you see, you see it. Okay, you see it. We in the remember in four months, everybody after we, I started uh, a promotional company, everybody had a promotion. Company. Yeah, everybody. So, said, yeah. So you a rapper? Everybody's a rapper. You yeah. you uh you you started a restaurant. Everybody has a restaurant. See that blue ocean? There's no blue ocean. That ocean is filled with carcasses, dead businesses, successful businesses. So, but if you go to a blue ocean, there's no shark. There's no blood in that water. Right. Yeah. So then you were in there first to market. I gave you an example. Bill Gates found Blue Ocean, Microsoft. Steve, uh, what's his name? Um, Steve Jobs created Josh. Blue Ocean with the iPod. Yeah. Uh, um, Jeff Bezos created a new ocean with the online bookstore that turns into the marketplace that we have now is Amazon. Right. Yeah. Um, so you create your Blue Ocean. Uh, if you can create a, if you can find your blue ocean and that book will show, will, will pretty much talk to you about how, uh, the importance of it and, and how the, the strategies that take to, that takes to find that out. Uh, yeah. Okay. Blue ocean. So I'll probably even download that too, man. Yes. I uh, highly recommend that book. You, uh, it's good to, you know, you have, Mm -hmm. And when you're a rapid reader and you suggest books, we're all in the common books, but this one is one I've never heard of. So that's good. To right. Yeah. All right, brother. So thank you very much. Appreciate you bringing value to the show, man. Appreciate of it. Of course, brother. What I got honestly to, I can honestly say not only this was, you know, you sharing knowledge, but also for me, you know, it just seeing, you know, your experience, you sharing your experience, so getting an idea, you know, mm -hmm. transitioning from 
you know, being employed to um, being employed to an entrepreneur, and also you gotta have that why. You know, the yeah. biggest one that stick stick out it was to me from this was the fact that you know, really, when you said, man, you were getting anxiety, mm -hmm. you know, because you you didn't you associate that with pain. So right. you know, and the fact that you were like, even if I was broke, um, it's better than having a job, <laughs> you know. And, and yeah. it just goes to show you that. You know, you got to have that strong why because you're, you're going to have downs. Um, yes. And the fact that when you brought up about COVID, you know, a lot of companies folding. Yep. You know, a lot of small businesses are struggling right now. Yep. And it's, it's tough, you know, but oh. to see that you got to still have that, that grit, right? That grit. Just be prepared for, the, for those bad times, man. When things are good, they never stay good. As an entrepreneur, you know that. Things are never in one state for long. So it's always good to be flexible. Yeah. We have a sound strategy and then just roll with the punches like Muhammad Ali, you know, just roll with those punches because there's going to be a lot of punches and just go roll with the punches and just be ready to pivot. Uh, but make sure you have the right benchmarks in place and the right um, measures in place to know when that time is to pivot because, um, and uh, I was, uh, I was, I had a, one of my mentors told me, he goes, Leon, you hiring people sometime, a lot of, a lot of mistakes, the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs make is, is, is knowing to, not knowing them to let things go. Uh, you're not, you're not going to always hire the right person, but you gotta, you gotta know when to fire the right person. And, and um, that's kind of a very important that's kind of very important uh, lesson that I learned. It's a very important lesson that I learned talking to um, talking to him, and and a lot of time we we just get so caught up on on the on the what what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening, what's happening. And as entrepreneurs, we need to focus more on the why, why, okay. and the how. You know. Uh, your team can so focus on the what, but you focus on the how and the whys. Yep. <laughs> yep. Cool, man. So thank you, bro. Appreciate it. And I uh, appreciate your time. Thank you. You're doing, a, you're doing a great job, brother. I love this. I love the podcast. I love the idea. I know you're going to crush it. Anytime, yeah. any type of support you need, you let me know, man. Yeah, love no problem, it. man. Where, where can anybody find you? Where? Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me at anovaconsulting.com. Uh, heck, man. Um, that's, pretty much, that's pretty much the only place that you can t catch me on. Facebook, sometime I'll check my Facebook. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right, you too. Bye-bye.